home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Hey, how are you doing tonight? It's going to be a fun one in the Canadian Football League. Starts in about half an hour. It is BC against Winnipeg. Now, earlier this year, the Lions delivered a statement in Winnipeg winning the game 30-6. to So an important rematch there for, in my mind, two of the top three teams in the league. BC is 6-1. and one. Their defense is outstanding. Yes, they've shut out the lowly Elks twice, but they've also handled some other teams relatively easily. So they're 6-1. and one. BC's 5-2. and two. You got Toronto rolling along at 6-0. and oh. They're going to try to make it 7 tomorrow in Calgary, but we'll keep an eye on the uh, BC-Winnipeg game. Once that gets started, it is a bye week for the Elks. They're back at practice tomorrow, so we'll have the latest from their practice on this show tomorrow night. Blue Jays lost this afternoon 6-1 taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Significant news in oil country today. Jeff Jackson has been named the CEO of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. So he will report directly to owner Daryl Cates. He'll serve as an alternate governor on the NHL Board of Governors. So he's going to see oversee OEG Sports and Entertainment's NHL, AHL, and WHL hockey operations. So he comes in uh, at the age of 58 after a varied career in hockey, player, assistant GM, director of hockey ops for the Leafs from uh, 06 to 2010, started his own agency and uh, had former Oilers Sam Gagne, by the way, as his first client about 13 years ago. And, of course, very importantly, he's been the agent for Connor McDavid. Uh, well, since before McDavid joined the Edmonton Oilers and the National Hockey League. So that's a big part of this story as well. Of course, we had extended coverage on 6.30 Chet earlier today. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer was extended by an hour. So we've pared down some of the key clips here for you. And uh, Jackson was talking with Bob and explained what drew him to this role. I don't know, um, Bob. I mean, I've had a bit of a weird career, you know, playing and then being a lawyer for eight years and then and then being in hockey management and then going to the agent side. And I feel like I'm, I'm 58 years old. I loved what I was doing, and I wasn't looking to change it, as I said. But when the opportunity and the challenge came along, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of wired that way, and looking at this team and with the with the with the McDavid connection, like and the, where the team's at, and so, where Kenny's done such a good job getting them to here, like it was it was like this is something I want to do, and uh, so all of that contributed in. But it's a, it's it's a different challenge for me in my life, and my kids all encouraged me to do it. <laughs> Pretty much when they said do it, I did it. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so a little bit there from Jeff Jackson on what attracted him to this role, coming to Edmonton to be the CEO of hockey operations for the Oilers, or really for all of OEG. We'll also oversee the AHL and the WHL properties too. So what's happening here? Relationships are important, as, as we all know. If you could hire all your friends and they all worked hard, that'd be the ultimate situation, wouldn't it? Uh, the relationship between Jackson and McDavid, 
Very, very important. We know the anxiety that some people in oil country have. I don't want to say everybody. But what happens when Leon Dreisaitl's contract expires in a couple of years? What happens when Connor McDavid's contract expires in a couple of years? We've seen big names leave this market before when we didn't want them to leave. And uh, certainly people want to hang on to these two guys for a long time. And Jackson commented on keeping McDavid in Edmonton long term. Um, who in this room doesn't want him to be an oiler for life? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, Connor, Connor is, uh, he has three years left on his deal. He's, uh, him, Leon, Nuge, Nursey, they all, they're all striving to win. I think that's going to be the biggest driver. Um, and of course I have a very close relationship with Connor. It's going to be a different relationship now. Um, but I think ultimately the goal is to keep you know, this team, this core group together, I think there's a lot of runway for success for a number of years. So um, that's that's the goal. All right. Well, of course, that's the goal. And I think Jackson will be uh, a big part of that. And I, I know Frank Cervelli was on with Bob as well and said it's 75 percent that both guys will wind up signing here long term. And there is some value to them having the opportunity to keep playing together. And uh, I know there's always, well, this guy makes the other guy good. This Well, they make each other good. And most team, most championship teams, and hopefully the Oilers get there someday, uh, have multiple good players. And the Oilers got two of the best. So another storyline to keep uh, in mind there. Jackson also commented on just sort of uh, some general planning for the future of the Oilers. No, I guess part of what my role is going to be is looking at you know the entirety of the organization. I think for me right now, my focus is starting today, um, spending a lot of time with Ken, you know, learning a little bit more about the organization. I've been around the team for eight years, but I don't know the inner workings of the team. I don't know some of the, I don't know all the scouts. I don't know how Ken runs things. I need to get to know all that stuff. I have no preconceived ideas about what I want to do. We're going to make some assessments as we go. We'll see how the team is doing, and then we'll when the time comes to make decisions, I'll, I'll be ready for it. Okay, so yeah, kind of a general uh, comment there, but uh, I mean, it is his first day on the job. Uh, and he also uh, commented on how he's been working as an agent for the last several years. So, you know, that's a big change for him. And uh, Bob asked him what it was like having to part ways with his clients to take this job. It was r- really difficult, to be honest. And it was it was part of my decision-making process when I was thinking about, you know, this feeling that I was going to abandon these kids and their families that, like you said, we, we recruit these kids when they're 14. We spend a lot of time with them, um, with their mom and dad at tournaments, through their junior careers, through the draft, through their first couple years of pro and then onward. And uh, it was hard. I, I mean, we, we sat down with everybody. Um, Dave and I did meetings. We drove around. We, we had the luxury in Ontario that we could get to, to pretty much all of our players fairly easily geographically. But it was hard to um, it was hard to sit with families and, and tell them they were all thrilled for me. They were all supportive. They were great. But it, it, it was hard. 
All right, so some comments there from Jeff Jackson, now the CEO of Hockey Operations for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club, and uh, we will continue to talk about that tonight. You can also get more on the web, 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Happy to get your reaction to that as well. 780-496-0063 is the good old hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You can email the show, Inside Sports at 630ched.com. Get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I want to hit on a couple other things here uh, off the top of the show. Uh, you may have just to flash back a little bit. We need a previously on, Kellen. We need one of those voices. Previously on Inside Sports. Previously that's, on Inside yeah, so, Sports. So, sometimes, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That, that's, Thank you. That's, that would be a creepy show, though, if we were doing that one. Uh, so we, we, we were talking one week ago tonight about why... July 27th is one of my favorite dates of the year. And it, of course, was that uh, that's the day Donovan Bailey, Donovan Bailey in 1996, won Olympic gold in Atlanta. So now one week later in 1996, this happened. And they're off, and it's up to Robert Esme to run the band and make the clean exchange to Glenroy Gilbert, and he came flying out of the box. He did blast off. There goes Gilbert down the back straight. Gilbert is in a battle with Tim Hart. And now the third exchange. Marsh and Bruni Surin and Bruni Surin has the lead. He's going to hand off in front of what appeared to Donovan Bailey. A clean exchange and Donovan Bailey is pouring it on. It's going to be double gold Canada. Oh, if you're Canadian, you have to love Saturday nights in Georgia. 37 Just an incredible moment. Don Whitman with the call. Now, maybe you're saying, Reed, it's like it's not a 25th or 30th or 40th or 50th anniversary. I know that. I just like honoring the anniversary. We may do. We may just do that every year on August 3rd. I usually bring up the Bailey 100 meter. I like playing the race. I like hearing Don Whitman's call. And why not play the relay? And, and I love how Whitman called it. You know, the Donovan Bailey is pouring it online mm-hmm. and that was truly a team race bailey was the greatest sprinter in the world at that time uh but uh, esme to gilbert to surin were outstanding and you got I, I mean hey fans love when their team when their athletes win but sometimes even better than the exact moment of victory is those seconds or minutes when the the game or the race isn't over but you know it's going to be a win. You know, even you know football. Sometimes, even before the kneel down at the end of the game, maybe there's a play or something that seals it with two minutes, a minute thirty left. You know, hockey. Maybe there's an empty netter or a save, or where you just know that the other team's not going to have enough time to get two or three goals uh, if your team has that lead. Now that race took less than forty seconds, but as as Cern was coming around that bend, I mean, I remember watching that, and you realize he's ahead. And Whitman said it in that call. You realize he's ahead, and he's passing the baton to the fastest human being on the planet at that time. And as Whitman called it, a clean exchange. That's the only thing that could have derailed it at that point was a a dropped baton or stepping out of a lane or some sort of violation like that. And then once Bailey has that baton... You're watching the final. He didn't take I mean, well under 10 seconds to run that last leg of the race, probably about nine and a half seconds. You're watching that as a Canadian. 
thinking, I just get to enjoy this. It's not tense. It's not going to be down the wire. We are crushing the competition. Primarily the Americans was who we were concerned about crushing. But another great moment in Canadian sports history. And uh, so what? how far back are we? 27 years? Okay. So and you, I'll, mar- I'll mark it every year if I remember. <laughs> Just, just to play the race and reflect on it because it was truly a great Canadian moment. 780-496-0063. Side note today uh, as well, I, I, I believe Ted Headley had this on our afternoon show a little bit. Uh, Post Malone, he's some kind of a music guy. Famous rapper. He has a lot of tattoos, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he bought a Magic the Gathering card, a Lord of the Rings-themed card, what was it, like $2.6 million from of a guy the in Ontario? Ring, the one ring to rule them all. Right. So, so now you and I have talked a couple times in the past about Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. just because it's very popular. And it was interesting that one day a couple people wrote in and said, yeah, like I played or I know somebody who plays it. Uh, so I, I, and I, and I like kind of, uh, you know, science fiction, well, nerdy stuff. I, like I'm in, I'm somewhat into that. I like comic books, uh, things like that. I, I've never played Magic the Gathering. I know about it. I know at Warp 2, which is where I go to get my comics every Wednesday, they have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards. Mm -hmm. Like everything behind the counter, there are ones on the display. And the way I understand Magic the Gathering is, so it's a a two-player head-to-head battle game, basically. Mm -hmm. I I hope that's a general description. There's some Magic fan who's probably thinking, that's not exactly what it's like. Okay, I think I'm close enough. So the way I understand it is when you buy a pack of Magic the Gathering cards... Like, if you and I each went and bought a pack, Kellen, I don't think we would get the exact same cards. No. Right? So somebody could get a better card or a more rare card. And apparently this one is a crossover with Lord of the Rings, which is different than the Magic Universe. There's the Lord of the Rings, and then there's Magic. So they made a Lord of the Ring card for Magic, Mm -hmm. and there was one of them. And Post Malone now bought it for over $2.5 million. Yeah, 2.8. Is he going to play with it? Will he use it in a game? I would. Well, I you would can't hope so. because it's it's PSA certified, so it's got oh, that. It's in the. Uh, it's, it's gone through that whole deck. process that Wayne Wagner was talking about earlier this week on how cards. So it's 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 sealed know. in the glass or in the pl- the hard mm-hmm. plastic. Uh, so you can't shuffle it into your deck. You can't. Well, he could. I guess he could take it out of the plastic. It might lose some value. Oh, instantly <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Would you play with a two point six million dollar card if you have one? <laughs> if you had one. <laughs> Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will get to some of your comments. Uh, we got a lot of cool people on tonight. Jack Michaels, Chris Morris, Golden Bears football coach. Uh, we'll tell you what's going on with the Riverhawks final home weekend, including uh, a promotion with six thirty. Chad Santa's anonymous. There's a new female hockey alliance in the city, and uh, of course, more from Jeff Jackson, Oilers uh, CEO of Hockey Operations. All ahead on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Big thanks to Trent Brown, everybody at James H. Brown for their continuing support of Inside Sports. The headline today, Jeff Jackson named the CEO of Hockey Operations for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, of course, he has been uh, Connor McDavid's agent. 
So a very important relationship there. Winnipeg and BC will kick off in about 11 or 12 minutes. Uh, big showdown in the CFL. We'll keep you updated on that one. 780-496-0063. Kellen, go now. Hey, all right. So... Oilers. Uh, we've got one from Custard. Actually, this one was one of ours that was left over from last night, but it applies to tonight as well. I just want to get to it. Uh, the Oilers will have a good team, but they have no wiggle room to bring in anyone at the trade deadline, and they don't have a lot of organizational depth if they have injuries. The cap will go up next season, but that money is already accounted for with the Connor Brown bonus. I'm glad the Oilers are in win-now mode, but they better hope everyone they have performs to their potential. That, again, is from Custard. Yeah, I've heard that concern before. I think I've talked about that a bit myself. Yeah, they do have they do have a good team. There there's always a but, there's always a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple on the text line uh, that I'm looking at, uh, just loving the Don Whitman call, going back to, of course, the uh, the the play of the uh, four by one hundred relay anniversary. Yeah, we'll play it that, again uh, before we go tonight. Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, just to straighten things out, we had another text that came in that somebody had said that a couple weeks later Donovan took Johnson to the woodshed in Toronto. So good. Actually, it was June of '97. June first, 1997. I double. I thought it was the next summer, but I double checked just to be sure. Yes. It it even has its own Wikipedia page, the Bailey Johnson 150 meter race at, uh, I think they were still, was it still called Skydome then? It was I don't still know if Skydome it had a sponsor yet. And the whole idea was because Bob Costas, who's a great broadcaster, but he said, well, Johnson's fat, Johnson won the 200 meters. You divide his 200 meter time by two, it's faster than Bailey's time. He's the fastest man in the world, mm-hmm. which is absurd because you're building up speed and momentum over the course of 200 meters. So let's let's just face it here. This was an American reaction because they were sore losers about not having the fastest man in the world. That's Correct. really that's to to narrow it down. That's what happened. And then if they would have won the relay, maybe that would have made up for it. And then we beat them in that as well. Mm. So this was a, this was a classic case of the. Sore loser Americans, someone beat us, so we have to try and make it sound like it's not that good. So then they came up with this 150-meter match race, which in itself is a little bit absurd. And that's the one Johnson pulled up as Bailey was kicking his butt. And Bailey looks back at him and says, where are you? Waves him on and then calls him chicken after the race. One of the best post-race interviews so, ever any sport. <laughs> which was a bit of an un-Canadian thing to do, but... Whatever we won. Whatever so. we won. We could we could just sit here and say we won. Just the whole point to the scoreboard and grin type of thing. 